have located Geekfest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. It's Darth Vader, watch out! And he's got a lightsaber! It's Kenner's Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. I got you now, Ben Kenobi. With R2-D2 and C-3PO. There's even Chewbacca and Han Solo. Someone's coming, Chewie. Who's there? It's Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Now I know the Force is with us. Darth Vader, R2-D2, C-3PO, and other Kenner's Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. everybody and welcome once again to GeekFest Rants. My name is Carlos Perone and today we are doing another one of our video specials. This time around we are focusing on custom Kenner Star Wars action figures. And by that I mean figures that I was able to customize myself. In future episodes we're going to talk about other figures that I purchased that are customized and some super amazing looking replica figures and reproduction figures and completely brand new figures that independent companies are making. But this time, again, we're looking at the world of custom action figures. Hopefully you guys will get a couple of tips on how to customize your own set of figures. So let's get started. You can collect them all. You Batteries not included. Just get those wonderful toys. Details on specially marked packages at participating stores. Is that the $6 million man's boss? It's Oscar Goldman. Why do you have that? That's worth a lot of money. That's much more valuable than Steve Austin. Action figures each sold separately. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Some assembly required. All your favorite Star Wars heroes and villains. I have three of each. One to display, one to open, and one just in case. All right, I would say this started a while back, sometime in maybe late 2014, I would imagine. Most likely through Facebook, because that's where I've been able to get the majority of my ideas through different Facebook groups that customize Star Wars figures. And what's funny about this is that if I really think about it, my introduction to custom figures really came from Star Trek, out of all things, a topic that lately I've been dipping into quite heavily uh, as far as Star Trek Playmate action figures. Back, back uh, a long time ago when there were certain figures I could not get because they were too expensive or impossible to find, I actually made my own Star Trek Playmates action figures. And I can think of two specifically. One was a Cisco figure that was supposed to be an exclusive when you purchased a certain video game. I made him out of other parts of Star Trek figures, which was simply a rearranging of existing pieces. Nothing fancy about it, but in my opinion, it looks great. I love it. The other one was a Data from Next Generation who had a red uniform. And again, that was a very difficult one. To, even now to this day, I think it, it goes for about 100 bucks. which again, I'm not going to put that 100 bucks for that one figure. So back then, what I had done is I had purchased a secondary data figure and I painted it myself. It looks okay from a distance, but it's not great. You know, the, 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 the brush strokes, uh, you could see the gloss is way too much, you know. But again, for my purposes... That was okay. This is back in like probably the 90s, I imagine, like a very long time ago. And I had never gone that route with Star Wars, even though, you know, I was aware of the fact that Star Wars was missing a lot of figures. You know, you always have those conversations. Oh, I wish they would have made this. Oh, I wish they would have made that. You know, I remember those conversations, uh, but really, for whatever reason, really just didn't go anywhere. Well, again, 
sometime around 2014, you know, with all these different Star Wars groups that I belong to, and not as many at that point, as I got deeper into customizing, you know, I joined more groups to get more ideas. And I have what, what I have now is a, uh, a folder I keep on my desktop of customs, Kenner customs. And anytime I see somebody create something new or specifically good that gives me an idea on how to do it myself, then I take that picture, copy it, and put it in that folder. And so I can keep up with, you know, all these different ideas that are out there. If I ever get to focus on one figure, then that's where I I do it. So it all kind of started, like I said, in 2014, I did a couple of simple figures, which... I would suggest to anybody who wants to get into customizing Kenner figures, these are your, your, your simple projects. And the simple projects are usually the type that all you're really doing is swapping a head, for example, or uh, maybe if you want to get a little more advanced, you might swap some hands, you might swap some legs which involves actually cutting them. Or if you want to start working with specialty tools like a Dremel, you can carve out, for example, a head that has a helmet, like a Luke X-Wing head. You can carve the face out and just leave the helmet. So now you have an empty helmet. You can do that to a number of figures, you know, that that, that you, you want to remove a certain part but keep the rest. So it depends on your level. You know, a more advanced level also, I would say, is if you want to now start painting figures, you want to start giving them a different color, using their existing body for another character, but you you need to change the color of certain things. That's another thing. Uh, Working with putty, the type of putty that hardens and then you can paint to create, to physically sculpt either accessories. I mean, some people are so incredibly talented they can just sculpt new heads they, they will make a new head for a figure it's like I, i'm nowhere near that good you know my my experiments with with the with putty is limited so far to accessories clothing you know little bits and pieces of things that are needed you know to finalize your figure but little by little i started amassing a collection of customizable figures some like i said i made myself Some I purchased from other people that, like myself, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're manufacturing these on their own, but some are what I would consider to be very high end customizable figures. There been different individuals that have popped up on Facebook throughout the years. Currently, there is one that is just blowing everything out of the water in terms of the quality. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, all of these different figures that I gotten and, you know, how they were made. Starting with the simple ones, once again, X-Wing Luke. Well, we have an X-Wing Luke that's been sold that everybody has probably multiple versions of him. And this particular one is a good example of something to start relatively simple. I would say... Out of 10, this is probably a 3 in terms of the complexity of it. What you do with Luke is you remove the head of the X-Wing Luke, and then you carve out the face. This is why this wouldn't qualify as a level 1, because you actually are carving out. And you can carve it out in many different ways. If you're super good, you can probably just uh, exacto knife it out, but... You don't want to hurt yourself. You will You will hurt yourself doing that. It's a little easier if you do it with a Dremel. Let the Dremel drill just kind of get the face out, the whole head, and you hollow out that helmet. So now you have a functional... It will not necessarily fit a action figure, but at least it looks like an empty helmet. So now you have an empty helmet, and you have a headless X-Wing Luke. Then you have to grab a head from... I believe this is from a Bespin Luke. And you pop it on... And now you have, very simply, a Luke without a helmet, which is a cool, cool figure. Now, the trick to a lot of these things that you'll read in the suggestions of how to get this done is, and this applies to all of the ones I'm going to talk about, to remove a head or to remove just about any appendage 
Uh, but specifically a head, because it's the heads are usually pop. You can pop them. Boil some hot water. And once the water starts to boil, dip the figure. If it's the head you're trying to remove, dip the, the top part of the figure into the boiling water. I don't know, 15, 20, 30 seconds. Take it out and pull the head off. What this accomplishes is that it softens the plastic so it makes it easier to pop the head. It is conceivable that you can pop the head without having to heat it up. It just will be a lot more difficult and you do risk the probability of snapping the plastic or cracking the torso area or something like that. By heating it up, it kind of makes it a little softer and pop comes right off. You do that to your figures. What ends up happening is you, you're going to end up with a box or a collection of just parts. You're going to end up with heads and torsos and arms and legs that you can then mix and match depending on if you need it for something. So your basic X-Wing Luke, this is what it's going to look like. The carving of the helmet, that's going to be a little more difficult. I, I would say it's for a, a slightly more advanced individual. You know, you have to be a little more experienced to actually go after a head to carve out. But if you're just swapping heads, it's per and it's funny because, you know, when you look at it and when you look at how many variants are made of figures these days, and even back then, I would say, even through the 80s and 90s, you know, different toy lines, especially, you know, when Kenner turned into Hasbro and you had... All those figures that were just repeats and just repaints and this and that, it, it fits. It fits perfectly because you figured if they were ever to have done this, this is exactly how they would have done it. I know there's a way of doing a snow speeder Luke also this way, but it, it actually involves modifying the flight suit a little more because it, it's it's a little difficult to remember, but the, the flight suit is a little different. It, even though it is still an orange-looking, you know, flight suit, it does have more padding. It has a neck padding area, you know. So uh, I, I have seen a few uh, modified ones that are really, really good, actually. Plus, I've seen other people do other pilots, and these other pilots uh, will have uh, different heads gloves, the black gloves that he wears, you know, all that kind of stuff. But your basic Luke is, is a good starting point if you want to start. Then you have your Han from Hoth, which is basically the hoodless Han. If you remember the, the, the original figure, he's wearing his hood. But there are scenes in the movie where he's walking around inside the rebel base where he's not wearing his hood. And at this point, once again, it's a simple head swap. You're not messing with the body whatsoever. All you're doing is softening the plastic, popping the head, put it in your box of parts, get yourself a, probably a Bespin head, I think, a Bespin Han head, pop it, swap it, boom, you're done. Pretty simple. Great, you know, first kind of project. It looks good. Uh, now, I've seen other people get a little fancier with this because what they've done is not only have they popped the, the heads and swapped them out, but they've actually sculpted the hood hanging from the back of the head. So as if the hood came off the head and is flapping in the back. So I've seen those. Now, again, that involves a little more. That's a little more sculpting, a little more, you know, a little more advanced, but that is another possibility, you know, a direction that you can go with this. Okay, up next we have two figures that are really, really good in terms of being economically wasteless in terms of parts that you can just swap heads one for the other. The Imperial Officer and the Death Star Commander. So the Death Star Commander, as you know, the figure, the original Kenner figure, um, you know, he's got that huge helmet, but he comes in a gray body. And the Imperial officer has the small cap, and he comes in a black body. Well, if you do a complete head swap on those two, what's cool is that you end up with, I believe, more accurate colors, uh, especially for the Death Star Commander. The pictures that I've always seen, whether it's on the action figure or uh, just stills from the movie, is that he's wearing a full black uniform. As a matter of fact, the Hasbro version of the Death Star Commander, the last one they put, I think it was part of the vintage line, he is painted black. 
So, again, I'm not sure why they went originally with those colors. Does it really matter at this point? Not really. But for customizing purposes, that would be a great easy one to do too. Swap the heads, boom, boom, and there you go. You have your black colored outfit, you know, with that big old helmet. On the other side of the spectrum here, now you have the, the old gray body and you pop in the Imperial officer head. What's cool about that figure is that you can make him the scanning crew guy from Star Wars. The two scanning crew guys that go into the Falcon, you know, with that big box and, and none of them come out. Well, there's an opportunity there to turn that into that character. So it's cool because you don't waste any parts. One part goes to the other one and the other part goes to this one. So it's, it's perfectly clean. Again, not perfect. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that at least at this point now, you know, I'm not touching up any of my figures because a lot of these are from beaters, you know, figures that are been beat up quite a bit that I buy cheap. You know, you're talking about $3 figures, $5 figure, you know, I buy them cheap on purpose because, you know, I'm going to be customizing them. So I'm not going to pay $12, $13, $20 for a mint whatever just to be able to chop it up. No, I buy really, really beat up figures to, to, to get this done. I have not gotten to the point yet where, uh, for example, if there's any kind of paint rubs or scratches or anything like that, that I fix that. I haven't touched up any of my initial customizable figures. Another figure that, again, everybody has complained about, and there would have been a very simple one to make if the line would have continued. Again, keep in mind, everything stopped at a certain point, and the plans apparently were there to continue. Similar to the last 17, this would be a greatest hits kind of line where they would throw in some figures from the first film, the second film, the third film. You know, that's the idea of how it would have continued. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. After the last 17, everything folded and that was the end. But even the last 17 was a little preview of how that would have worked. Granted, it was very heavy on Return of the Jedi because there were more Return of the Jedi characters still to be made that, you know, number-wise had to be put out there. But they were able to sprinkle, for example, the Stormtrooper Luke, you know, figures that gave you a peek of what this line would have looked like. You know, I imagine that as the line progressed, you would have had more and more and more you know, Star Wars and Empire figures, you know, permeating the line. But the Stormtrooper figure adapted as a Sand Trooper. That is one that everybody would talk about. And that is one another one of these easy ones to make. But the catch is that at this point, I'm now starting to experiment with mixing old and new. So, for example, with the Luke that I mentioned earlier, the uh, X-Wing Luke, I, I didn't just go and get another helmet from, I don't even know if it exists, but a loose helmet from the Hasbro line. I carved out my own one because I wanted it to look like a Kenner one. Okay, fine. With this Stormtrooper, with the Sand Trooper, you could, if you're that good, of course, uh, sculpt your own pauldron and your own backpack. Yes, you could do that. But instead, what I chose to do here is just Get the pieces, get the parts from the Hasbro one. Get a backpack from Hasbro and get a pauldron from Hasbro. So I adapted the pauldron. I had to cut it a little bigger. The head hole had to be a little bigger because it's a different, they're made differently, basically. The head of a Kenner Stormtrooper is solid, no articulation. It's built into, you know, it's one solid piece that goes from the, you know, from the torso to the neck to the head. It's one big piece. So to get that pauldron to fit around that head, I had to modify it a little bit, cut it so it can snap in there, slide in and, and stay nice and tight. So that was, that was a little, you know, a little more work to do. The next thing is the backpack. The backpack from a Hasbro figure snaps into the back of the figure through a little slot. Kenner doesn't have that slot. So in order to attach the backpack, other than gluing it, which I really didn't want to glue it. I didn't want to make it permanent. Other than gluing it, what I did is I carved out a slot similar to the slot on the Hasbro figure so that the backpack can just slide into that slot like it did. And it, and it does. And that's what I have now. Uh, the, the backpack is, is, is held in place by a tiny little slot that I carved out myself. And to not just pack them too much with new materials because 
again, just like everything else, there is a philosophy to customizing, you know, just like there's a philosophy to collecting action figures. There are people that are never going to touch anything that's reproduced, you know, remanufactured, you know, that kind of stuff. It's only original pieces only. Okay, I get that. Well, with, with this is the same. It's, you know, I could put a, a Sand Trooper, a modern Sand Trooper blaster on the figure and the blaster will look a million times better because it's modern. But instead, I wanted to kind of balance out the fact that I already added some pieces that are not considered vintage or completely, you know, homemade. So I gave him a long Imperial rifle to hold because you figured in Star Wars uh, time, in, in the late 70s, early 80s, the equivalent of a long rifle, you know, for, for a sand trooper or stormtrooper, it would have been that famous one, you know, from, from, from the snow troopers that came out. So that's what he gets for that. So I, I really, uh, I'm really happy with, the, with how this one comes out. And again, it would have been a very simple modification, you know, for, for Kenner to make. Now, once I have done, I think once I have done all of these, is when I started to kind of bring it up a notch and seeing if I could try something a little more difficult. In a way, not, not, not too difficult, but slightly more difficult. One of my Facebook quote-unquote friends is Corey D. Williams, who is the son of Billy D. Williams, who was the stunt double for Billy D. during Return of the Jedi. Specifically, during the Pit of Carcoon battle, he was his double. When, when, when you see Lando hanging off the edge, you know, uh, down the side of the skiff, that's his son doubling as him. But he also has a role as Klaatu on top of the skiff when he's battling uh, Luke. There's like a Gamorrean guard and some other uh, creatures that come after Luke. Well, he's one of those. He's the one that's better known as Klaatu. And there are a couple of pictures that I've seen of him, you know, behind the scenes posing, you know, between takes and that kind of thing. And there's uh, one picture of him standing next to the Gamorrean guard, both of them without their masks. And it's cool because you see, you know, you get to see their real faces. You do see the costume and, you know, they're holding each other. Each each of them is holding their you know, their heads, <laughs> their, their attached heads. Some of them are still actually attached to the side of the neck somewhere, um, you know, ready to be put back on. So I was thinking of, hey, let's try something different. Let's not do a custom figure of a character that was never made, but let's try doing one of a behind the scenes where you actually see the head of the actor under the mask. And again, I've seen some of these before. I've never seen, I had, at that point, I had never seen a clad two, but I believe before or after that, especially after that, I've seen uh, people customize Chewbacca with a Peter Mayhew head or um, Kenny Baker peeking out of the dome, you know, without the dome of, of, of R2, just his head kind of peeking through. So I've seen stuff like that. So it's like, oh, that's an interesting other way of, of doing this. It's like, oh. You could, you could do a whole line of, of behind the scenes. Uh, there's an Anthony Daniels, I believe, with the C-3PO body, but the, the Anthony Daniels head. So I don't remember. I might have seen also a Vader. There might be a Dave Prowse uh, Vader floating around there. So again, but these are all customs made. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me do Corey D. Because what I did for that is that obviously you have to take the Clad 2 body because he's wearing the, uh, the costume full. In the picture, the only thing he's not wearing is the mask and the gloves, so what I did is I took two figures. I took a, a Billy D, a Lando, and a Clad 2. I snipped off the hands because he has to have his gloves off. And the gloves are sculpted, you know, to look like a, an alien kind of reptilian uh, creature. And he, you wanted to see the color of his skin on his hands. So since I was already going to be taking apart a Lando... Uh, and I'm not sure which Lando I used. I might have used a, I might have used a a a skiff Lando. It's possible. I snipped off his hands, just cut them right off, you know, right right at the at the wrists, and glue them on to the Klaatu. Uh, I believe I also added because gluing them on sometimes they'll snap off. I might have added also a little metal rod in the wrists. This way, it kind of connects into the body into the actual arm. Uh, and I've done that before. I forget for something else oh, for another one that I did much later. Uh, what you do is you take a, um, like a push pin 
and you clip clip the, the plastic off of it, the handle. So you're left with a little metal rod with a tip on one end and no tip on the other. Um, the next thing you can do is you take, and again, this is a little more advanced, so you have to be careful. You take a, grab it with a wrench and start heating up the end that does not have the point, the flat end. Start heating it up with a, with, with a, with a lighter. You know, you could do it with a lighter. Once it gets nice and hot and red, take that and insert it into the wrist of the figure that you already cut the hand off of. So what happens is it'll start to melt into the plastic. So now you do that on both wrists and you end up with a figure that has no hands, but two spikes, metal spikes coming out of them, (laughs) which looks kind of weird. So what you do at that point is take another thumbtack and the the hands you're going to attach pre-drill, not drill, but pre-make a hole with with another thumbtack slightly, just a little bit, into those hands. Add a drop of whatever glue you're using, whether it's crazy glue or some special, you know, rubber kind of glue. I think I used crazy glue. I'm pretty sure I did. And just put a drop, a very tiny drop, you know, in there. And now attach the hand into the spike, into the pre-made hole that you made with the little piece of glue, you know, the little drop of glue that you put there and you push it in there. So now now make sure that where, where whatever direction you want those hands to be rotated wise that's where they're going to stay because once the glue dries you're done so what i like about that is that it gives the wrist some strength that the hand is not just going to snap off by having just glue alone it gives it a little more stability so that's how i did the hands for clad 2 lando head i used the lando head pop 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 like i mentioned before i saved the clad 2 head and i didn't carve it out which, you know, it, it's, that's something that I'm not sure I, I, I sh- maybe I should have carved it out a little bit. It's just that when you carve out a head, it, this particular head is a little more difficult because I'm not just carving out the helmet. I want to keep the head because the head is supposed to be the mask that the actor wears. So it's a little more difficult uh, and it could potentially, you know, I could potentially damage the sculpt of the, of the, you know, the, the lizard face type of uh, design. So I, I kind of did not uh, carve it out, but I kept it, you know, he's holding it under his arm. So you can kind of see that he's holding, you know, uh, what could be a mask. The head was a little more difficult, believe it or not, because what what happens with the head is that on the picture that I used as reference, he is wearing like a head cap, like a bluish kind of head cap that keeps, I guess, his hair from touching the inside of the mask. It keeps it all in place. You know what I mean? So the Lando that I used, I had to file with a, with a nail file, a very thin, thin uh, nail file, his hair to make it as flat as possible. Because I then, once I made it all smooth, as smooth as possible, to look as if his hair is super, super short, I was able then to paint his head just the, the hair part of his head, kind of blue, and make some decorative lines because that's the, the kind of skull cap that he seems to be wearing in the picture that I used as reference. So once I had that all together, that was, again, the hardest part because this is the first time I think I started messing around with uh, clipping other appendages, putting support pieces inside, filing down, uh, you know, the head, other, pe- other parts, and painting. This is the first time that I dabbled into actually painting something. And I'm very, very happy with it. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I I remember I put a picture of it on Facebook on, on, on Corey's page and he was like, yeah, that's great. I love it. You know, it was really, really cool. And I've seen other people do it differently. And it's great because you get other ideas from other people. It's like, oh, that's how they did that. Oh, they modified that. Oh, they modified this. You know, you do get a lot of that. So that's that's really, really cool. I love it. Uh, when 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 people come up with something that you never thought, oh my God, that's all you had to do. It was so simple. Another one that I was kind of chasing around for a while, thinking of how to do, and I've seen examples of how to do it, is Vader from Return of the Jedi during the duel at the end. And this is the damaged Vader, the Vader without the helmet, missing a hand, uh, you know, the, the battle damaged Vader, if you will. And the different um, ways that I've seen people do them is with completely customizable head sculpts. Because, again, you never saw that kind of head sculpt before where you actually see the inside of the head. And what a lot of people have done is taken a 
ghost of Anakin figure's head. And they've shaved off the hair, you know, they, they, they sanded it off, and then created all the damage, and then repainted it. And some look really good, and some don't look that good. Personally, for me, that was, I'm not up to that level of sculpting and sanding and painting, you know, at that time at least. I couldn't pull that off. I couldn't do it. So what I did is at that point, I went the route of, okay, let's see if maybe the head we can just replace. Similar to what we did with the Sand Trooper, where we introduced some modern parts. In this particular one, this is the first time that I actually introduced a modern head. Uh, now, again, the ones that were done completely original, which are fantastic, uh, not only did they, like I said before, reworked an Anakin head, but they also were able to cut off a Vader helmet vintage, obviously, you know, a, a Kenner, and keep the bottom part, which what I usually like to call the uh, the the radio, uh, so the car radio selector, because that always reminded me of a, of a, you know, you press the buttons to change the stations, that bottom piece of the helmet. Anyway, they, they would carve out that too. So, you know, they're using completely, completely original pieces, you know, to come up with this. In my particular case, what I did is I purchased a couple of beater Kenner Vaders, the ones where you could see his head. And there were two different ones available at the time, and, and I tried both of them on, and I picked this one, which is the one that's a more of a grayish head. And it's also, uh, size-wise, I think this one worked a lot better. Uh, the size of the head seemed to match a lot more the size of the body of a vintage Kenner Vader figure. It, it, it's perfect. I mean, it's just ridiculously perfect. However... Whenever you introduce new pieces, especially a head, I would say, especially a head, not so much an accessory, because the accessories, you know, you can get away with it a little more. But a head, one of the biggest problems with using one of those heads is that the detail is so good. And you would figure, well, de good detail is good, right? That's, that's good. The better it looks, no. The answer is no. For Kenner figures, the detail is what kills you. If you go too detailed, if you make it look too good, then you know it's not Kenner. So for this particular figure, you know, I accomplished what I wanted to do, but I understand in the back of my mind that it is not completely Kenner because of the fact that the head is not right and the head is just too good. That's why people have been using the Anakin head and modifying it because even though it looks a little cheesy, it looks a little wonky, it fits the Kenner style much better. Now I cut the hand and I display it without the hand. It's just battle damage. The hand technically is laying on the ground somewhere because I don't think Luke brought the hand back. <laughs> I don't remember. I know he brought the lightsaber back, I think. Or did he? No, I think he did. Oh, man, this is difficult. We did a show about Return of the Jedi and I think we kind of figured it out at some point. But I have seen some uh, customizers that actually add little tiny wires to the wrist as if, you know, the, the cut did that. And yes, I could display the hand. That's a possibility too. With even a Kenner red lightsaber, I could do that too, but I haven't done that. So speaking of Anakin Skywalker, I had purchased an extra one when I was building that Vader just in case I was going to go that route. So what I ended up, ended up doing is another one of these super easy ones, and that is create the ghost of Obi-Wan figure. And what you do for that is you take an Anakin Skywalker body and swap out the head simply with an Obi-Wan head. Now, to make it even better, a little more accurate, if you will, without you having to go into the painting route, when you swap out that particular head, I would say use a gray hair Obi-Wan, because there's there are some variations in the Obi-Wans. Um, there's a very white hair Obi-Wan, and there's a gray hair Obi-Wan. Use the gray one, because it will match the Anakin body much better. Again, that is one of the super, incredibly super simple ones. So I recommend take advantage of that. Then we have, again, while we're in this Return of the Jedi duel mode, is the Luke from the duel. Now, for Return of the Jedi, they made two different Lukes. They made the Jabba's Palace Luke with the cloak and the special jacket cover, if you will. And then they made the other one, which was sold as the Endor Luke, which has the poncho. But underneath the poncho, you have Luke's actual uh, costume jacket that you do see during that duel at the end of Return of the Jedi. 
The problem is this, and this has happened to all collectors, is that because the helmet, the Endor helmet is molded into the head, you really can't have Luke, you know, if you're playing with your figures, fighting Vader while he's wearing an Endor helmet. It looks just bizarre and not sure why they did this. Maybe they were looking to the future to releasing another version of it. So here's another perfect one that can work for you. What you do is you take your body of your poncho Luke, your Endor poncho Luke, and you give him the head of the Jedi Knight Luke, you know, the Jabba Luke, and now you have a proper dual Luke. What I then did also is, because I noticed a lot of people did this, is um, I added a little tiny dab of paint in the neck area, right below the chin, let's say, to give him a little bit of a V cut on the jacket that he wears. So, because I'm pretty sure that the original sculpt of that, the original one, is a complete closure of the neck. You don't see you know, his neck at all, but I gave it just a little tiny opening there, so it's a little more blending in from the head to the neck. The other important thing that I did that I noticed, and again, again, my ideas all come from what I see out there, and this is specifically I wanted him this way, is I wanted to create that flap, that little flap of white that you see in his costume. And there were many different ways of trying to do it. Obviously, the, the more basic way would have been just to paint that little triangle white, but I found that it was very difficult to get a perfectly solid line painted and a perfectly solid white. It would have been, I don't know how many layers of white, and it would have to have been painted over and over and over again. And to have those lines be perfectly straight, it was practically impossible. Uh, so what I did instead was I took a piece of vinyl sticker. Uh, it was some kind of some kind of bumper sticker I had, I don't remember, uh, that had a white piece in it. So I cut a very tiny little triangle out of that vinyl piece. And then I just attached it, you know, to the section where it would be flapping down. And again, to me, it looks great. It looks like there's a white flap right under his jacket. Uh, so that works pretty cool. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you know, reusing old pieces for other projects. Another character that I was thinking about... More recently, I, I, you know, having to do with the Clone Wars is Captain Rex. I know that at a certain point they decided to add Captain Rex as a background character in Return of the Jedi to retcon him. I think they retcon. I'm pretty sure they retconned him. And that would have meant, as far as I'm concerned, just taking your Endor trooper and swapping out the head with something that looks like Captain Rex. And Captain Rex is basically, he's a bold clone with a white beard you know, based on the, on the on the animated show. Okay, so let's think about that. I do have a spare Rebel helmet, I believe, from my Poncho Luke that I used, you know, um, for the, the other costume. And I also have a spare Endor soldier, so I, must, I could also use that head. So I was able to carve out the head, you know, from that helmeted figure, so I ended up with a with a, with an empty helmet. Again, the other route you could that I could have gone is the Leia Endor Leia comes with a removable helmet. But again, you know that would have been more expensive to buy that since I already have these heads. You know, with with the proper helmet, might as well carve them out. So I did that for the head. I didn't want to use Obi Wan because it, it it just seemed to me like it would have been too simple or too noticeable too. It just would have looked like Obi-Wan too much. I wanted his face to look different. So instead, what I did is I picked a, I think I used a General Maydeen. And I was able to uh, color his beard white instead of gray so that it looks a little different. And to me, it's enough to pass off as Captain Rex. It's not perfect, but it works. And that's one of the things about these figures, especially the customizable ones, is that just like anything else, the closer and closer you get, the more imperfections that come out. But with Kenner, there's a certain level of imperfections that is acceptable, as opposed to with a customizable figure, some, something that somebody make themselves. When you look at them from a foot away, do they pass the test? And yeah, they kind of pass the test. Some of them pass it more than others, but they pass the test as, as far as I'm concerned. Now, I've seen some other ones 
for this Captain Rex figure, where they, they modify the costume some more. It matches a little more what Clone Wars had, because again, this came off of Clone Wars, where they had a scene where he's wearing something similar. So they kind of modified it to that. But then you're thinking, well, I'm not making that figure. I'm making a Return of the Jedi background character that has been retconned into Captain Rex. And Kenner at the time, I don't think, would have manufactured another version of that uniform. You know what I mean? So that's why I kept them that way. So fast forward to April of 2017. We are at Celebration Orlando, which I believe was the last time that they had a celebration here in Florida. And one of the many classes or workshops that they have available was one on customizing action figures. And I signed up for it. I believe they had a number of them and I was able to book one of those. So one of the things that they helped to teach people, which obviously, you know, some people might already be familiar with it because they were a little more experienced. Some were really not experienced at all. And some were kind of in the middle, kind of like myself, was the basics of how to, you know, cut these things and work with them and take things apart. You know, I kind of knew some of that stuff already. Basic, basic painting. They talked about the best kind of paints to use. And they also talked about the difference between painting and washes and, and you know, different techniques of being able to kind of dirty up your figures and give them highlights so that the detail comes out by just simply doing a very light wash of paint on them and, you know, painting it with very watery paint and then wiping it off to leave just the paint that remains in the crevices. So I was working on two sample figures. Granted, these are not, you know, the type of figures that I wanted to create, you know, because I thought they were missing. These were just the assignments that I kind of gave myself to experiment. And another thing that I learned, you know, I had read about it in the past. I've seen some videos here or there, but they're on the spot they were able to show us how to work with putty, all the different types of putties that are available, how to handle it, how to manipulate it, how to keep it fresh, how to apply it, you know, how to let it dry, and then how to paint it and all that kind of stuff. So that was a very interesting class, and I'm very glad I took it. You know, we were completely experimenting. We were mixing vintage with non-vintage. We were, you know, modern, you know, mixing and matching. I, I did these two figures, one of them is a combination, if you really think of it, because, you know, the way that it worked was you, you were asked to come to this, you know, with, with at least one or two figures of your own, and then they had some spare parts here or there that you could also use to combine. So what I did was I took a snaggletooth head, and I put it on a, I think it's an ATST commander body. I substituted one of the arms, and I put, a, I think, a C-3PO arm, like, you know, the naked arm. So it looks like it's got a cybernetic arm. I gave the, uh, the Snaggletooth head a, uh, I think it's a rubber blockade runner helmet, and I, you know, repainted it a little bit, gave it a different color. And overall, the figure has this dirty wash that's supposed to look like, you know, a, a dirty-looking, beat-up character, which, I, you know, again, I'm pretty happy with the results of that. And then I had a, an Imperial Commander, a Death Star Commander body, and I think this might have been a secondary one that I kind of did quickly because I still had time and there were still some parts left over. And I gave him a Death Star droid head that had been painted black. Or it might have been a modern one, a modern head that already came the color black. So I popped that head over there. I gave him a special weapon, which is really not a weapon. I think it's, I don't know what the heck it is actually. It's some kind of an antenna looking thing and a gun to hold. Again, this was like a secondary figure, a quickie, not any uh, paint applications, but they were my exercise basically on how to improve, you know, on technique. And that leads me to my two latest completed figures that I've worked not too long ago. Let's look at the first one. The first one is a Mon Cal officer. This is one that I've seen many examples of it made by other people. It's again, it's it's a pretty simple, if you think about it, project in terms of there's not a lot of cutting and pasting that you do. You basically take an Admiral Akbar and you paint the uniform a light brown. Now, you got to dig through your reference photos to see what that light brown looks like. I believe I probably uh, painted it one shade and then had to repaint it again, a slightly different shade. I did not have 
uh, pre-made, pre-purchased colors for this. I believe, if I remember correctly, I mixed my own paints because I also used this shade also on a different figure that you'll see in a minute. But little by little, by applying these different coats, you know, it helped in providing a good foundation for the final color. Some of the things that I did add, and again, this is for the first time using putty. What this figure needed was a belt. Because the, the figure itself comes with these two round, I don't know what you call them, like side pockets. You know, the, 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 the Admiral Ackman, but, but these particular ones also seem to have this belt pouch, like a like a very thick belt pouch in the front and also in the back. So to create these pouches, I was able to use some putty and sculpt a little belt, attach it, you know, let it let it dry, you know, let it dry, attach it, and then I was able to paint it to match the color, you know, of the rest of the belt also in the back. I believe I also added a part of a belt in the back also, I think, if I remember right. But this was the first time that I started messing, you know, with putty. And overall, I'm very glad, I'm very happy with the results. It looks like what I think should look like. I think I also gave it a rank insignia in the chest. I could be wrong, but I, I believe that I might have added that too. I've seen some other ones out in the, you know, in, on the custom uh, websites uh, where they also include a special helmet because I do remember there are pictures of some of them wearing this special Mon Cal helmet. I'm going to assume that was probably done again with, with, with sculpture, you know, with sculpting, uh, some kind of sculpting clay production. But I, I didn't do that. I wasn't that confident yet that, you know, to be able to sculpt a full blown you know, helmet to go along with this. So yeah, pretty happy with my, my Mon Cal officer. But the other one that I was working around that time was one that I kept putting off and, and I kept seeing other people do them. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could do it. I wish I could pull off this particular figure. And what it is, is it's basically Cliff Clavin uh, from The Empire Strikes Back. He was, as you guys know, Obviously, the actor is John Ratzenberg. His character's name, which I don't know if this name was officially part of the movie name or this name became later when they made a Hasbro figure out of it, is Major Bren Derlin. So they made a figure out of him, you know, through Hasbro. And I have it. I have it up there. Carded. You know, I never opened it. But... Again, you start going through the internet and you start seeing that people are making his character, you know, out of parts that belong to other figures, you know, Kenner figures. So what I did was I gather as many photos as possible of references. I gather as many photos as possible of other people who made them and I made my own. The way this one works is it's a Han Solo body from Hoth. So you have, you know, the, the legs, the arms, and the torso, it's Han Solo. You have a head from a rebel commander, you know, a hot commander. You know, he's got the mustache. He's got the proper glasses on top. He's got a little scarf on the side that, granted, in the movie, the scarf is kind of tied up a little bit. It's not dangling down, but that's okay. It, it is a scarf no matter what. But the thing that I had to add to this one, which, again, it's nothing out of the ordinary it's nothing super fancy but it was a first for me and that is adding a neck kind of like a thick thick you know warm weather collar that goes around him and that collar is not there when you have you know your basic han solo action figure body you know from hoth you do have the remainder of i guess a, a white scarf that he's wearing but i'm pretty sure if i'm looking at this right I'm pretty sure I shaved off as much as possible of the leftover white scarf from Han Solo. This way I was able to place the sculpted roundish thick, you know, border around the neck, you know, without seeing something else. I also took the rank, I believe, from Han Solo, shaved that down a little bit because it needs to blend in. This was a really interesting figure because I had to change almost every color the jacket color is a two-tone brown i have to create two tones of brown the pockets have these red uh, highlights on them you know based on the uniform based on the costume uh the rank there's an actual rank in the corner you know a little square with little red dots had to create that too so it was really really a fun project the belt had to change the color of the belt the 
pants, the holster, the boots, the straps on the boots. It's really, really cool how many areas it gave you to play with. And that's one of the things that you notice when you start really looking at some of these older figures is that, you know, the sculpting was more advanced than the painting. You take your, again, your older Han Solo, hot hand Solo, and there are so many details in the legs and the shoes, the boots, but you kind of don't see them sometimes because they just decided to paint it all one color. Obviously, that's because, you know, economics, they, you know, it would cost more money to paint that much detail. So, you know, it is one of these staples of the older Kenner figures is that they try to go simple with colors as much as possible. You know, when they produce these pieces of plastic, they try to do them in a color that's already the color that it's going to be. This way, you don't have to apply hand-painted, col- you know, too much hand-painted colors. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, with my, again, I like to call it my Cliff Clavin figure. I love it. It's probably the best painted figure that I've made combined with additional sculpting. It just, I love, like I said, I love the paint job and how good it came out. Now, given this color, if Kenner were ever to have produced this, I don't think they would have gone this crazy with the coloring. Because again, Kenner tried to keep it a little simpler. Even if the sculpting was extra good, they could not put the amount of time and money into coloring it this way. So it's a kind of a a, a mixed results. You know, I always say this, whenever you're dealing with a customizable figure or a figure that is produced by even for a high-end company to make it look like a traditional Kenner figure, the secret of it is don't make it too good. Don't give it too much detail. Don't give it too much paint because the Kenner style did not have that. Now, the last figure I want to talk about is really a work in progress. And what I'm talking about here is Dagobah Luke. Kenner never made a Dagobah Luke. If you wanted to put Luke on Dagobah, you would have to use your X-Wing pilot Luke or your Bespin Luke. Technically, Bespin Luke is wearing uh, most of the clothes or some of the clothes that Luke is wearing in Dagobah. So if you were going to play, you know, with the playset, for example, most likely you would be using Bespin Luke. However... I've seen many examples of people who customize them. And the one that you see here is my work in progress. So let me tell you what I have here to work with. What you see here is a ATST commander torso and legs. Okay. The torso, I sanded as much as possible the detail from the shirt, from the jacket, if you will. This way, it looks more like a t-shirt. I removed the arms and placed two different arms. The particular arms you're looking at here belong to a, I believe they belong to a Bruce Willis reaction figure from the fifth element. There were other things available that people have used in the past. Some people used arms from Perseus from Clash of the Titans. Some people used arms from Snake Pliskin from the reaction line, but they have to shave off some of the bracelets, I think, and the clock uh, watches he's wearing and that sort of thing. With the Bruce Willis one, I found that a little more acceptable because of the fact that there was nothing else in the arms that had to be removed. There was no wristwatches or anything like that. It's a complete naked arm all the way to the joint. So I was able to put that there. As you can see, I created artificially created a line so that the the shirt is really i don't know if you want to call it a tank top or something where the arm has no sleeve whatsoever so you can see a little bit of his fleshy shoulder and side of the arm chest area into the torso this way it's not a clean clean cut between the figure's torso and the arm this way you kind of see a little bit more of a an indentation in the in in the shirt that he's wearing so that worked out good same thing with the neck the neck i had to shave off some of the neck because the jacket that this original figure is wearing uh, goes all the way to the you know right to the joint to the seam. So I had to purposely shave off some of the top of that jacket to create an artificial neck and to give the shirt a little bit of a U-shaped cut up on top. You know, it's not a V, it's not a V-neck, it's a U-neck. I don't know if that's called a U-neck, but you know what I'm talking about. So that so you see a little more flesh in the neck area. 
The legs are purposely cut, I would say, slightly below the knee where the boots begin, because the boots are actually boots from Bespin Luke. Yes, there is the possibility that in this particular figure, I could have also used the Bespin Luke legs completely. That was an option, but I believe those legs would not have fit as good as they do when you kind of match them to the shirt. For example, if I were to do that, if I was to do that, the other problem is that the original Bespin Luke also has a belt with a hanging lightsaber hanging off of it. And it would have required removing a lot of that material too, sanding off a lot of that. And when I would have attached this figure, you know, to that torso, to that specific torso, the legs would have not fit the way that I probably wanted them to fit because they're slightly bigger, the, where, where it connects to the hips. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've seen other people do it, and 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 it looks pretty nice sometimes. But I wanted to go this route because I wanted it to I wanted to create a, a more seamless transition between the pants and the shirt. You know, the newly created shirt for the legs uh, connecting to the new boots. I used a similar technique that I did on my Corey D. Williams figure, and that is once I cut the boots and once I cut the legs, instead of just gluing them together, just with crazy glue, I added once again a thumbtack uh, metal rod, cut it, got it hot, burned it into the stump of the leg, pre-drilled or pre-pressed a hole into the boot, added a little glue and attached it, let it dry. The only problem that I seem to have had with the creation of this figure is that I think I slightly miscalculated the height of the legs. So this Luke is slightly a hair taller than the Bespin Luke. No big deal. I mean, I don't think you notice it unless you are comparing the two side by side. And the other problem I think is that the angle of the cut between the boot and the leg is slightly off so that if you stand him up straight, it looks like he's leaning back a little bit. He's kind of tilting back a little, just a little. Like it's like he's looking at the he's looking at the bottom of a spaceship, you know, kind of like tilting back. So in order for him to stand straight, I have to tilt him forward a little bit. So it's okay, it's no big deal. The reason why I can't really call this a finished product is because I still have not painted, you know, the the shirt and the pants. I still require that kind of painting, which I haven't done yet. But I do have some put. I, I did have to do some putty work, like I mentioned before where the sleeves are and where the neck is to smooth out those sections and to create a distinct border or raised border, if you will, so that it looks like there is a shirt and underneath the shirt there is skin. So there is a difference. So it doesn't look like it's just something that's exactly the same, but was just painted into in two different colors. This way it creates a, a, a slight indentation, if you will. So yeah, this is another, you know, work in progress that I end up using more advanced skills, you know, that I normally would not have used before, and, and especially in some of these earlier ones. I, I definitely think I am getting a little better uh, with the production of these things. And I mean, there are some earlier ones that I look at here. For example, the the, the original Hawthorne Solo, which I just swapped heads. I've seen some other ones that look so cool, which, they, you know, they created a like I mentioned before, the, the, the hood is just kind of slumping down behind them. I like that, you know. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll come back and do those. So this is it for now as far as customs that I made myself. On a future program, I'm going to talk about customs that I purchased from other people. Some of them more or less do-it-yourselfers like myself. And some of them that are incredible in terms of the quality stuff that rivals what's currently out there and stuff that looks like it belongs, you know, in the production line of the original Kenner. But we'll hit those on a different episode. All right, I would say this started a while back. Sometime in maybe late 2014, I would imagine. Most likely through Facebook, because that's where I've been able to get the majority of my ideas through different Facebook groups that customize Star Wars figures. And what's funny about this is that if I really think about it, 
my introduction to custom figures really came from Star Trek, out of all things, a topic that lately I've been dipping into quite heavily uh, as far as Star Trek Playmate action figures. Back, back uh, a long time ago when there were certain figures I could not get because they were too expensive or impossible to find, I actually made my own. Star Trek Playmates action figures, and I can think of two specifically. One was a Cisco figure that was supposed to be an exclusive when you purchased a certain video game. I made him out of other parts of Star Trek figures, which was simply a rearranging of existing pieces. Nothing fancy about it, but in my opinion, it looks great. I love it. The other one was a Data from Next Generation who had a red uniform. And again, that was a very difficult one. To, even now to this day, I think it, it goes for about a hundred bucks, which again, I'm not gonna put that a hundred bucks on that one figure. So back then, what I had done is I had... It's a Bespin guard. Halt, strangers. Take us to Lando Calrissian. Follow me! From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately. I'm Lando. Who's there? Han Solo on a mission with a rebel soldier. What's your mission? We're fighting the Empire. And we need your help. Han Solo, rebel soldier, Lando Calrissian, and Bespin Guard each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. New from Kenner. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2020. <laughs>